Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Roll up, roll up, roll up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you've heard of Oxford Circus? You've heard of Piccadilly Circus? Well, this is the Ian Holloway Circus. Two dramatic home games in a week leave Mill acrobatically perched on the high wire, wobbling now just above the bottom three relegation spots. Yes, indeed. Good morning, listeners. My name is Ringmaster Nick Hart, and you're listening to Achtung Millwall which is the number one podcast devoted to the thrills, the spills and the crazy, crazy clowns of the Zampa Road Big Top. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a packed programme for you in this week's show. In part one, we review the wet and wild midweek two-all draw at home to Blackburn Rovers. Then in part two, we review yesterday's 3-2 home loss to our West London neighbours Brentford. And finally, in part three, we welcome the return of Stooza to the show to kick over the jams of yesterday's madhouse of a match. So stay tuned for that. Yes, roll up, roll up, roll up. So first up on today's extravaganza, we, got, we rewind four days back to last Tuesday night and the wet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rainy night in South Bermondsey. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
I'm about 15 minutes into the game. The, the rain is absolutely chucking it down again. It's been raining really continuously since about 4 o'clock this afternoon. It's pouring down as I'm standing outside. Um, so you're joining the game in play. Uh, Millwall are pretty much as per turned out that the team that turned out on Saturday at Watford bar the return of Jack Danish year too. Um, so far, a couple of attacks of no great consequence for Millwall and a couple of attacks of slightly more consequence for Blackburn. A couple of shots, but um, both uh, wide of the mark. So it's a grim, wet Tuesday night in South Bermondsey. There's like a very low turnout tonight, listeners. There's about one central block of the away end full up with Blackburn. Um, Millwall's stands probably about half full, I'd say, on all three sides. Um, I'd be surprised if we're getting many more than 6,000 here tonight. So 20 minutes gone. The game is starting to be a little bit more balanced in uh, in terms of possession. Mill coming back into it. Probably a little bit um, on the back foot early on, uh, though Blackburn didn't really show too much. But now the game is starting to look a little bit more 50-50. Mill passing the ball around quite nicely, but still without that magic end product, listeners. Uh, 22 minutes into the game. Matthew Briggs just unleashed Mill's first shot on goal. A shot from distance, was actually high over the bar. Some nice football in the build-up to that, though. Mill's starting to look a little bit brighter. Just coming up for 25 minutes, and Blackburn just gone close. Kind of a looping cross into the Mill penalty area, headed what looked like um, just inches over the crossbar. It might have been uh, the angle that I'm looking at, but it looked very close, very close opportunity for Blackburn. Um, Mill looking brighter, but equally Blackburn are looking dangerous on the break. Just short of 30 minutes in the game, I've noticed there's actually two changes from Saturday. It's Beavers and Chateau in central defence. Uh, so that's Dunn and, um, and Webster out. So it's only taken me that long, listeners. Maybe that gives you a, a sense of how soaking, soaking wet I've got outside. Apologies for that. Mill crowd starting to get behind their team now. Good to hear. Might be a small crowd, but it's a Millwall crowd. And that's always well worth having, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it? First corner of the game, one well there by Ricardo Fuller down on the right-hand side. Just come up for the 30-minute mark. Sean Williams going to float it in. He does. It's towards the near post. Beaver's nearly heads back across goal, and it's cleared. Paul Mill's closest chance to date. 30 minutes. About 32 minutes. Good last-spin shot from distance by Sean Williams. Trying to take advantage of the damp conditions. The goalkeeper, it seemed to swerve in the air. The goalkeeper seemed to palm it over from the middle corner. So we're staying with Sean Williams now. He's going to take the corner down in front of me here in the uh, in block one. Full of dummies, and it's cleared by Blackburn. 35 minutes, Mill really sustained some nice pressure at the moment, look a lot brighter, a lot livelier, a couple of good shots from distance, nothing too close in. About 38 minutes gone, there's a Blackburn free kick on the right-hand side of the Mill penalty area. 12 and the 16, is it, standing over it, looks like they're going to float across in. The 12 does float across in, goes across the Mill penalty area, has a chance. It's a goal. Probably around inside the Mill six-yard box and slammed home by... Some tosser then does that baby mouth thing. You know when you stick your thumb in your mouth and just score a goal? Oh, for the old days, where someone run out and chin him. Run Neil Blackburn. I suppose he's got to go down as a defensive area, in all fairness. The ball seemed to stick in our six-yard box for a few seconds longer than it really ought to have been. And it just slammed home from close by the Blackburn forward. Neil Blackburn won. Some days I see a thing like such a Neanderthal, listeners, I've got to say... Oh, for the days where we had two wingers, two decent midfielders and two strikers up front and the ball was being pumped into the opposition penalty area and causing mayhem, especially on a wet Tuesday night like this. As it is, we're playing football designed for the Copacabana Beach. 
which is all very well, but we are on Bermondsey Beach. And you can hear what people are thinking of it at the moment. It's, um, since the goal, we're looking a little bit flat, it's got to be said. Coming up at half-time, crowd starting to turn on Matthew Briggs a little bit. I think he's now been seen as the boy of choice. Backbone just on a quick break here, coming up for half-time, stroke of half-time. Number 12 going down the left-hand wing into the middle penalty area. He's checked back, and they've won a corner. We're going to stay with this, listeners. So in comes the corner. Monster in the six-yard box. It's cleared this on 29 shoots from distance. That's going to go wide for a goal kick. Just reading through some of the Twitter action in play, which gives you probably gives you a measure of how exciting it is at the moment. But there's a guy called um, Jamie Barton who's uh, complaining about Mills conceding goals from set piece, set piece after set piece. He says, and it's getting silly now. In a conversation with Aldo, Alex Aldridge. Probably Mills' nicest move of the half there, almost bang on 45. Actually, Sean Williams operating down the left wing, putting a very nice cross towards Martin Walford. who put in a glancing header that went some, I can't tell from where I'm sitting, how far wide the post. It was certainly wide. It was a nice, nice looking move, that's for sure. Very close chance for Blackburn, they're almost on the stroke of half time, into one minute of overtime. Nice looking move down the left, and the ball's passed back to the number 10 just in front of the middle penalty. Dean's ringing out for that middle performance, which is a bit harsh. We haven't looked that bad, I didn't think, without, as ever, the cutting edge up front. But Mill going in one goal down, so you've got to say Blackburn deserved their lead because they took their chances and Mill didn't. So we shall see what the second half produces. Same old, same old, same old. So where we go with the second half. Rain continues to lash in, in apocalyptic, biblical kind of terms. No changes at the half. Toby Porter of the South London Press tweeted at half-time, wondering what happened to the team that showed so much uh, drive and purpose at Watford last Saturday. Will's first shot of the second half, a rasping, long-range effort from Sean Williams. We really do need to start getting in closer to goal. He's had a couple of digs from distance, but it's going to be, have to be a good strike to get something in tonight, and that's, that's for sure. 49 minutes. Cold, wet, midweek football. Isn't it horrible? Why is it so horrible, listeners? Why do why, whatever became of midweek floodlight football? When I was a kid, I used to really look forward to the midweek games. They seemed to have a theatricality. The floodlights seemed to give you something, something magical about going out. Maybe it's because we've been all day at school, gone home, got some uh, clothes on, gone out after having had some dinner. Maybe that's a bit different. As it is tonight, most of us here have been at work all day doing what we do, um, maybe have grabbed a, a fast food style dinner and then come out in the pouring rain to come and watch a heap of shite as, 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 we're, as we're seeing at the moment, so maybe that's what's done away with the magic of midweek football, I don't know. I do miss that magic of, a, of, of childhood though, yeah, going to the old den under the floodlights is always something special, but this at the moment, I'm just on the attack now as I'm speaking, whilst I waffle on, I'll keep talking, ball into the box there towards Ricardo for uncleared. Mill um, showing a little bit more purpose in all fairness. I'm, I'm moaning. That was a long range shot there from Ed Upson. But um, showing a little bit more purpose as we need to because we're a goal behind in this second half. We'll be back later. Incidentally, if you're looking for a very, very good article about the demise of midweek football, why not buy yourself a copy of CBL magazine? We do need to sell these magazines, uh, listeners. Ball bobbling around inside the back there. There's a chance here for Lee Martin. Shoots on goal. That's 
point, not quite point blank, we're just outside the six yard box. Lastly, the goalkeeper's pushed it over the corner. We're going to stay with this whilst rather than muse about Coldwell Lane magazine. We'll be back with that shortly. So here's Lee Martin over the corner, over on the far side, over by the Whitten Timber entrance. The Coldwell Lane in as I look. The referee's blowing his whistle for something. Some pushing or some shoving. Oh, uh, Shitu and uh, some other blokes going over to talk to the referee. So in comes a corner from Lee Martin. Swung in close is Beavers. Beavers bobbing around there. Shitu has gone wide for another corner. Good chance, Millwall. Beavers had a mobile wish. He never pulled his feet. He's in the stick on him. So it's going to be another corner now from uh, Lee Martin over on the far side. Ball swung in again. Into the six yard zone. He's bobbing around again. It falls to Sean Williams and cleared. Ricardo Fuller tries to chest it through ambitiously it has to be said at 55 minutes Millwall pushing forwards doing well the crowd responding to it here's Scott McDonald just outside the backbone penalty he, he, he digs it around he tries to pull it through to Howard Mill howling for a penalty that was, that was no penalty if we got it we'd be dead lucky towards Fuller who fell over basically but Mill looking a little bit brighter a little bit more purposeful good to see Mill substitution on the 59th minute mark, the introduction of Lee Gregory with Ed Upson going out of the game. So is this two strikers? It looks a little bit like it with Ricardo and now Lee Gregory up front. Hallelujah. Has Ian Holloway seen the light or is it just a reaction to a, uh, a losing situation? I think it's the latter really, isn't it, listeners? Andy Wilkins will be sent off. It was an awful challenge in all fairness. I think the Blackburn bench has won that red card for them. It was a 50-50 ball. Andy Wilkinson's gone flying into a tackle. He's, he's missed the ball. Caught the man on the knee. Put him down. The Blackburn bench are up straight asking for a red card and referees give it. Mill down at 10 minutes. Now, there's now a Fakar down at the... down at the players' tunnel. But Holloway's, Holloway's having a right old go down. I can see he's having to be held back. He's having a right old go. Blackburn players and Mill players in a melee down there. Crowd on their feet, as you can hear. Maybe this will give us a bit of a spark. Bizarrely, this is New Orleans, isn't it? Was it a red card? Ooh. Probably in the cold night of day it was. I think I think Holloway's been sent off now. I think he might have been sent off. Referee's had a word of him. He walks away looking like the word the F word is on his lips as he's walking away from what I can see up here. I think Holloway has been sent off. He's appeared back on the touchline, giving it plenty down there. Certainly stewards are looking at the crowd, mouthing into their mouthpieces. I think a fair bet that words have been exchanged down there. Looks like Mill's substitution going to come in. Looks like Dunny's going to come into the game. Mill down to ten men now, of course. The nice turning war, listeners. The nice turning war down at the den. I think that's the game. Blackburn just scored their second. That's basically a free kick from that challenge into the penalty area and a looping header into the net for 2-0 65 minutes gone the rain continues to lash down it's a truly miserable night down here listeners I've got to tell you 2-0 down down to 10 men rain pissing down cold damp horrible nothing going for it tonight at all wherever you're listening to this in the world it's got to be better than Millwall right now so just take a little bit of pleasure out of that you know what it's like you've been here before yourself you know what it's like right there don't you Blackbird on the attack again at a corner, 17 wins a corner. 
Unfortunately, being pulled apart, listen, there's no other way to put it. Now we're down to 10 men, so there's it was space before, it was space before the um, sending off Andy Wilkinson. There's now even more space, and Blackburn are taking advantage of that. There's Fuller, drinking down the right, don't look so bad now, that in fairness. He's, he's got himself to the byline. line. Paul backwards, Lee Martin finds some space, he can't... There's a goal! 19 minutes on the clock, suddenly Hope sprints eternal down. Now Ricardo Fuller's getting a yellow card for what? For being injured, basically. The game said to send off and he's not careful. He's having a go back at the referee. He's trying to use his receiving treatment on the sideline and the referee's booked him. Now he's making it the referee's making it, don't blame me type gestures. Where do we get these people from? Where are these people? Who becomes referees at this level? Maybe I could do it. I might be a bit biased. Conditions really are playing a part out. It's got to be said. The players are slipping and sliding. Challenges. Every challenge is going to be dangerous. Maybe it's not such a bad night after all. <laughs> Mind you, still two. Let's save that tonight. Maybe we can get back into the game. Okay. Do, doing well, pressing forwards in these conditions. Down at 10 men, the pitch is noticeably, um, you know, the water uh, splashing every time a challenge goes in. But Moore doing well, they're pressing forwards and they're giving it a go. That's all we can ask in these circumstances. Gay, running forwards into the penalty area, gets bulked. It's run through, it's comedy, comedy time out there because the conditions are so slippery that even Blackburn is starting to uh, fall prey to this slipping and sliding. Now it looks like Ollie has been sent off. That's what we just pointed upstairs. Hard to see from where I'm standing, listeners. You'll have to read about that in your uh, post-match reviews. About ten minutes. Ten minutes from we'll try and cross something out of this game. It'll be a miracle if we can get anything out of it. Dunny. Dunny set by professional foul. He's got that's got to be another one, surely. Crowd howling for a red card. It wasn't a red card offence. It's whether he's on the yellow already. I don't know. Dunn wasn't the last man on goal, that's for sure. The referee don't want to send him off because he's in a red shirt. Measure how slippy it is. The uh, backbone forward just uh, ran through on goal, slipped over and slid along, took the ball out for a goal kick with no one challenging him. Last two minutes now, Lee Martin over on the right side, floats a nice cross in towards Matthew Briggs, who can't catch hold of it. It's falls to Sean Williams on the edge of the penalty area, he shoots.
fantastic. The bottle of water stains behind serving up the hot dogs come out, giving it a wanker to the uh, black clown support. Fantastic. Hang on, black bottle rolling through now. It's popping around. Oh, over the bar. Fucking hell. Seven, seven minutes overtime. Seven minutes? Bloody hell. I'll tell you what, listen, this is nervy stuff. We're in the seven minutes of injury time. Every time Backbone comes forward, your nerves jangle. Every time Mill get the ball, you start to want us to win the fucking game. Mill really under the cosh at the moment. Another ball comes floating in. There got... Oh, I don't see the shit too. You see the kid about four Backbone players out alone there. That was miraculous stuff, listeners. The 39 just went inches over the bar there, listeners. It was so close, I couldn't get the recording thing going quick enough. So I missed the, missed the event. You'd have to tell me, you have to take it from me. That was close. The nerves can't take this, this. I'm too old for this game, I'll tell you that much. This Mule team has really put a shift in since that sending off. I'll tell you what, this is a major, major effort. They deserve applause here tonight. Well, I'll make that time, 52 minutes on my clock now. There it is. What a dramatic comeback, what a fantastic effort by this Mills side. This game's a dreadful down of 10 men. That was a truly immense fight back, listeners. Anyone that wasn't here tonight, you missed out on one of the great immense fight backs by Mills side. That was a massive effort and they deserve the applause they're getting. That finishes Mills 2, Blackburn 2 on a very, very wet, a very hard Tuesday night and you can hear what a thing thinks of that effort in the second half. Contrast that with a booze at the end of the first. Fantastic stuff. So if that wasn't dramatic enough for you listeners, we're now going to rewind 24 hours back to the den and yesterday afternoon in the 3-2 home loss to Brentford. impeccably observed minute silence by both sets of fans there Brentford and Millwall alike well, apologies for not catching more of the remembrance ceremonies before the game but I have just literally walked in from selling CBL and our poppy badges outside Millwall today wearing a one-off camouflage kit of course this actually looks quite nice I like it kind of a kind of a midway between a sand and a khaki attractive looking kit Good sized crowd in here today, listeners. Docker stand up opposite me looks pretty much three quarters plus full. As does the Colbro Lane end. So there's the kickoff. Little back line is Shitu Beavers in the middle. Briggs and Dunn, I can see. Midfield, we've got Chaplow, Williams. It's like Gay over on the far right side there. Lee Martin in the midfield. Fuller up front. 
and that's Lee Gregory alongside him. It's been even Stevens really in the opening few minutes, probably Brentford pushing forward more than Millwall. Brentford of course with the familiar sight of Tony Craig playing in their central defence. Player I always liked Tony Craig, I know that many rated him as not being good enough for this level. But here he is, playing in a team that's doing better than us at this level. So ten minutes into the game, and I suppose you've got to say Brentford look the more purposeful side going forwards. They're playing the ball around our penalty area more than we are playing around theirs. 15th minute of the game, we've got a free kick just inside the Brentford half. Some baiting, baiting of the Brentford substitutes going on from the West Lower. I don't know who's down there. Drawing, drawing a few disparaging comments, as you can hear behind me. Lee Martin now, just on the side of the penalty. Oh, that looked like a handball. It was close range, flicked up by Lee Gregory, straight into the uh, number six. Hand, probably didn't have any time to think about it, so you can argue about the deliberation of it, but that was certainly on his hand. It's gone off for a corner, which has been given. 17 minutes, Mill's first opportunity from a dead ball now, so Lee Martin's going to float it in. And it comes near post. It's almost in. Almost straight in and away. Unlucky Millwall. First chance. Bad ball. Briggs, it beat Briggs. There's the break now. Twenty's got it. Inside to the 20. I can't see his number unfortunately. He shoots over the bar. Outside the penalty area. Long haired midfielder. I know that doesn't do much to identify him this but that's as good as you're going to get on this show. So 20th minute of the game coming up now. Nil-nil. Even Stevens so far. Um, both teams starting to show purpose and, and Mill a bit more bite coming forward in that opening phase. There's Matthew Briggs. Down the left, he's shot his box. He'll be a throw for Millwall. He had, he had full of wide open there and he missed it. He threw it to uh, Lee Martin, who's under pressure. Poor choice. The crowd again on Briggs' back. And um, they did on Tuesday and they're doing it again today. And this is really destructive of a potentially decent player, listeners. Why people do it, I suppose, it's their weekly hate, isn't it? It's their chance to turn out, come Mill and coat off a promising young player. Don't ask me. 20 minutes gone. Here comes Brentford coming forwards. 17 dinks it inside. That's a goal. That was an opportunity. <coughs> Strike was put through by the 24, I think it was. He had a true shot on goal, and it was about a yard wide in the end. Yes, it's going to come back to Matthew Briggs. It's on his account. That was the error that started the move. But I do think that people are starting to get on his case unfairly at the moment. Incidentally, I was quite amazed at the crowd side in midweek. With the 8,000, I think, was the official listed attendance on Tuesday night. Seriously, it looks a lot less than that from sitting where I was. It looks, if you'd told me 6,000, that wouldn't have surprised me. Today's crowd looks double that in terms of volume in the Millwall stands that I can see from where I'm sitting. So, um, I don't know how they work out these attendances. If it's people that are season ticket holders that don't show, maybe they get counted or not, I don't know. Briggs again. Does a little one-two with Lee Martin. It's a nice cross towards Fuller. Headers on target. No, it's about a yard wide of target, excuse me. 24th minute of the game. Nice move. Nice work by Briggs. Let's say it. Can you hear that, big boys? Nice work by Briggs. Mill slightly over-reliant at the moment on the long ball forwards. The long diagonal ball forwards, I should say. One or two um, of such passes are starting to go astray a little bit. We need to mix it up a little bit. Short stuff and long stuff. Says the great tactical guru in the sky. Here's the 18. Dispossessed in midfield. But will Brentford win it back? Brentford through on goal. Oh, it's a panic station. Shittery put it out for a corner right in front of David Ford there. And that was miscommunication from Brentford corner on 31 minutes. 
long ball out from Ford towards Gregory, far too long for Gregory, and Mill just basically concede possession straight back to Brentford. Frustrating. Pitch down on this um, West Banks West West Bank side, West Stand side. Looks still very very heavy. Players slipping the sliding side from shooting lights. Downfall. Brentford looking dangerous when they try and um, dip the ball through the middle, just behind the two Mill central defenders. I think they've identified a certain lack of pace between Beavers and Chitu, and they're trying to just dink it in behind for their striker to run onto. 33 minutes gone. Mill nil, Brentford nil. The floodlights are on. It's a wet grey day in South Bermondsey. This is the theatre of dreams, ladies and gentlemen. This is what you can pay our money for. Brentford on the attack, though. Might be the fear of screams if they get something out of this. <coughs> Chateau presents a man mounting in central defence and prevents that, that forward run there. Got a feel of a good League One game. <laughs> I suppose not so long ago, this would have been a decent League One fixture for us, wouldn't it? London Derby versus Brentford. Now it's a championship fi fixture and uh, Brentford are going quite well in the division. Scott McDonald just down in, on the substitutes bench today. Uh, no place for him in today's side. I, I've got a feeling we may see him at some stage if it remains deadlocked at nil-nil. Gray, long ball out towards him, finds from Situ. He finds Briggs on the inside. That's a lovely ball. Briggs free inside the penalty area. That's a chance in front of goal for Lee Martin. Brentford on the attack now. They finds the 19, is it? And goes a goal. Nicely worked goal, uh, a little one-two on the edge of the penalty area, 19 found space just inside the mill penalty area, and fired into the net. Gobi said it's been coming a little while, if we're going to be really, really brutally honest, it's been coming, because Brentford have been playing some nice, attractive stuff going forwards, and have been holding the ball and passing it, which is something we're not doing, we are playing too many long balls, too much direct stuff trying to get in behind their defence, and not enough passing football, never thought I'd, you'd hear me say that, listeners, did you, but that's, that's where we're going wrong at the moment, that's 1-0 at Brentford on the 41st minute. We're conceding possession far too lightly and far too easy. That was just a straightforward punt out by David Ford to nobody. And it goes straight through to Brentford. And they're battling the attack again. Nil one at half time. Booze from the crowd. Um, booze for, it should be booze for the, the lack of imagination and the tactics there. We are getting predictable. And the, you know, it's the same old, same old. So we need to change that. So we've got a few half time tweets here. Um, Alex Aldridge is talking about Mill giving away ball, giving the ball away cheaply. Very true, Alex. Uh, Thomas says, "Well, we can't say that wasn't coming." Me and the goal. This mob have been miles better than us all half. Jack TK says, "Woeful again. No more than they have deserved." Meaning the lead, and that's very well succinctly put, Jack. Tommy Blackmore saying how Brentford are running the show, and again, one from number one from Jack T. The way they move the ball around compared with us is ridiculous, and that is indeed so. Something we've drawn attention to already is our lack of imagination on the football. Uh, the, the long diagonal pump out is, is a useful weapon used occasionally, but you can't build a whole lifestyle around it. And Jay Taylor gets it right. Half-time, nil-nil Brentford FC1. The lines have been disjointed and wasteful in possession. The away side have a deserved lead. 
Now, I don't know if my colleague Mark Litchfield has been drinking. Whatever he's on, I think get a pint of it in yourself, listeners, because Mark says that Brentford FC are the best side I've seen down here in years. Um, I'm not sure about that one, Mark. I mean, maybe you're being, either being ironic or you've had too much of the old um, the old bishop's finger or something. But, my God, we are absolutely shocking. Um, missing McDonald badly, I think that's very true. I'm going to expect to see Scott Macken in the second half coming into this because we just have no passing or, or movement up front at the moment. And that's something we'll bring. And a lot of tweets paying tribute to Brentford's um, skill and, and finesse on, on moving the ball around. And they have looked at the eastern side, it's got to be said. So whatever they're doing, I don't know why we can't do it, because this is supposed to be the aspiration that we are playing beautiful football, according to Mr Holloway anyway. But we're not playing very beautiful football at the minute. Away we go with the second half. Football managers must be cussed creatures, mustn't they? Must have an ego the size of a planet. And so, after half screaming out for more finesse on the ball, we've still got Scott McDonald sat on the bench, it seems, and we're going to continue in the same sweet way that we did that first half. Um, inside the head of Ian Holloway's uh, mind must be some strange place, listeners. This 23 that's coming down the, the left hand side at us now. Got better sight of him in this second half. He looks like a fairly dangerous player, it's got to be said. Don't know what his name is. Long-haired, kind of 20, 23 shirt. Looking useful. Full of stumbles. He delays. He passes the ball out wide. Here's Gregory. He wants to shoot. He wants a 1-2. Can't quite win it back. In. Can't quite get the uh, trigger position. He shoots from distance. That's deflected over a corner. Give a goal kick. Referee. Where do we get these people? And that was even from sitting up here. The other end of the pitch. I could see how it was deflected over. It gives a goal kick. Mistake from Gray Central puts through now the strike on goal. It's 2 0. Gray made it there in midfield, gave the ball away. Brentford break forwards, 19. Got a clear run through on goal, and it's 2 0 Brentford. 55 minutes gone. No place to hide on this one, I'm afraid. This, this has been a poor display by Millwall. Chaplow, ball's play short, back to Lee Martin. Dinks it into the penalty area towards Chateau, the looping header. Goal! Looping Italy 2-1. How are you, lads? 57 minutes. Mill back in the game, listeners. 2-1. Short corner played back to Lee Martin. Crossing and a kind of a looping header that went in the far post from where I'm looking. Danny Chetou. Well, whatever comes out of here, so you've got to say you can't write this Lions team off. Let's get the crowd into it. Let's get this place going. Come on, Millwall. I've only just noticed that Scott McDonald's into the game. I think I slagged off here all the way at half-time. Here's Lee Martin. Over on the, on the left-hand side. Plays it back. Dunn's goal. Goal! And Dunn! And Dunn from there to the penalty area. 58 minutes. Football, fuck me. Long daisy guy shot on the ground. Straight in the next two each. So zero sign of being able to get back into this. And there they are, 2 all. 59 minutes gone, half hour to go. What's coming next? Who knows? And ask the crowd are into it, listeners. Don't you get here?
Suddenly the tackles are crunching in from the Mill Plaza. The energy of the crowd's getting them going now. Bobbing around inside about halfway inside. Dispossessed by Chaplow. Nice stuff. It's Scott McDonald. But wide. But wide is Matthew Briggs on the left side. The floats across in. Oh, it's a post from Gregory. Jesus Christ. Beautiful move. Headed against the post from Lee Gregory. Six to miss. Brentford totally rattled. Totally rattled, listeners. This is amazing stuff. The crowd's on his feet. I'm on my feet. The middle, there's now a bundle in the middle. Looks like someone said something. Someone's having a push and a shove. The crowd wants someone sent off out. I, I didn't see the incident. This is the den. Suddenly it goes into pandemonium. Brentford looks spooked, ladies and gentlemen. There's, there's a shadow suddenly of the team that was playing a few minutes ago. Shitus. Oh, my God almighty. Shitus fell over. A harsh, rasping shot from distance from the Brentford striker. Full balked it, and it just kind of trickled round the post. It was an amazing shot. Amazing save. It was in slow motion, like the world has suddenly slowed down it frame by frame. Out swinging corner. It falls to the striker. It's blocked on the line. Jesus Christ. Ball bouncing around and clear the last from Chaplow. Shot on goal blocks from Brentford. This is amazing. It's Lee Martin for on goal. No. Too wide. The goalkeeper's come out. It's clear. Brentford's still dangerous. Shot from distance. They're finding space now. Goal for Brentford. Fuck. 3-2 Brentford. Ball across the uh, mill penalty and put in at the far post from their point of view. 3-2. They look very dangerous when they move the ball. Like they move the ball around well at pace. And the ball was pinging around our penalty area like it did in the first half. And that was putting at the, at the far post, on uh, near post as I'm looking. Dangerous side, Brentford. Got to be said. They bounced back. They were on the ropes there. They're now lead again. Renegi flicks it through. It's Lee Gregory from just outside the penalty area. Renegi from distance, straight at the goalkeeper. Lee Martin drinks it through. Finds Fuller. Three inside the penalty area. Fuller flashes across the middle. Uh, Brentford goal. Brentford back on the attack. They're looking dangerous when they come forwards. Ball through. Strikers round the goal. It's gone straight across the middle goal. No one in front of goal. Nice move. They're dangerous. It's going to be Lee Martin standing over a wide right free kick about halfway inside the Brentford half. Chitou's gone forwards. Swung in from the right hand side. Oh, there's a free header on goal. Who was that? That was um, Alan Dunn. Jesus. So it's a Lee Martin corner now from the right hand corner flag. 11 minutes to go. It's played back towards Chaplow. Dinked across. There's Renegi. Straight on goal. It's off the line by the goalkeeper. Headed down when he should have headed with force and power into the goal. Upson on the halfway line, inside to McDonald. Plays the ball forwards, trying to find Gregory. The ball flies over. Gren Renegi shoots over. Caught it on the volley. From about the penalty spot, caught it on the volley, but it went miles over. Coming up for the last minute of regular time. Time is up. There it is. Mill two, Brentford three. Much, much improved second half from Mill. Did a fantastic job to get back into that. Um, heartbreaking to give the goal away and then concede the game at the end. You've got to ask the question as to what happened in that first half. Why did um, 
McDonald would not start the game. He made a huge difference to the second half. And there we are. That's Ian Holloway's quirks and funny, you know, funny decision making. Huge improvement in the second half, but in the end, not good enough. Decent Brentford side, got to be said. They play some nice football, some nice stuff. And it's nice to see uh, Tony Craig shaking hands with his old Mill teammates. There we are. Mill 2, Brentford 3, game over. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Hello, Nick. It's Bongo. Got a match report for you. Brentford 3, Ian Holloway 2. Let's give you, the listeners, a piece of my mind. I've been to many Millwall games with the expectation of thinking, right, nothing can go wrong for us. We've done everything that is asked of us. We promoted a fantastic charity, a fantastic gesture on part of the club, and what do we get for it? Nothing. We get nothing but frustration. We get nothing but a slap in the face. We get nothing more than placeboed hyperbole from a manager who clearly doesn't know who his best 11 are. Now, I've got nothing against Holloway. Nothing at all. He's a very, very passionate man, compassionate as well. His heart is in the right place, but there's a difference between thinking with your heart and thinking with your head. He doesn't think with his head very, very much, but that's what worries me. Now, booing does nothing for the team. However, it gives them a good indication of where they're going wrong. And usually, as much as we're very, very harsh critics of our own side, we usually know when it's right and when it's wrong. If you're getting it wrong and you're getting booed, you need to change something. It's the same old, same old. We've heard it all before. I'm not going to tire you or bore you any longer. You've heard this all before. You're probably waiting for Nigel to say something about some sort of Fucking Welcome back to the show. Um, welcome back also to Stooza. Thanks for coming on the show, Stooze. Hello, mate. No worries at all. Um, strange, strange game today, I, I found. I don't know what you made of it, Stooze. Um, yeah, strange would probably be the first word. Strange, yeah. I mean, because it was, it was an abysmal first half. I, 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 I used the word insipid. I tweeted the word insipid. I was quite proud of using that word. But um, And a much-improved second half. I mean, there's a huge amount, you know, into today's game. Not least of which this this insane desire of Ian Holloway to keep tinkering with his sides. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's a whole thread on um, on the House of Fun about whether Ian Holloway should be sectioned. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what we can say that probably hasn't been said already on this. But we we came into today's game with four changes from the midweek side. Um, some I don't know were very enforced. But you got the return of, of Alan Dunn, which I think was enforced because of the loss of, of um, Alan. Uh, uh, Wilkinson, 
then you've got Chaplow. Um, Gregory was welcome. Um, but, you know, it's hard on, on the likes of Scott McDonald, who I didn't think has done much wrong. Martin Mulford hasn't done much wrong. And Ed Upson, when he came into the game, looked OK today. It's very hard to get your mind inside, get, you know, get inside of Ian Holloway's head, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's hard for... Well, it's hard to see what players have done wrong because, like you say, they're in and out for one game, two games at most. There's a couple of them that stay regular. Yeah. Um, he definitely likes Sean Williams, and so he should. Like, he's probably one of our best players this season. But yeah. yeah, it's hard because nobody's getting a run in the team, really. There's no consistency. I mean, it must be immensely destructive for team um, morale, mustn't it? I mean, you know, to do. Um, if, if you play well, you expect to be, or you have, you should have the expectation that you're going to be in, in contention to be picked again for the next game. And this, this almost seems to be, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, no, it's not random, but you, you just wonder what is going on inside his head to want to make four changes from a side that didn't do too badly in the end on Tuesday night. Yeah, and I thought about this during the game today, and I wondered if maybe his plan is to try and get an overall squad where everybody's happy. Now, that's difficult to do if you are going to try and get a settled squad who know how to play with each other. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe in his uh, rather crazy ways, Holloway thinks that he can get a full squad who are all pulling in the same direction. And a lot of the players say there is good spirit, and uh, when we do go two down... (laughs) There does seem to be some good spirit in the team, but it's just never there in the first half, from what I can see. No, it's very strange. I mean, you and me were just saying before we started recording today that the, you know today's game, with the the kind of uh, the two goal deficit, mirrored in some respects the, the same as we had on on Tuesday night, where we fought back from two goals behind. And it is it is an odd thing indeed that we need to have our backs to the wall before we start to really play direct football. Uh, yeah. And you know the first half for me today was uh, it, it was the worst possible um, style of, of passing football. It just had no bite up front, and we were going round in circles against a very good side. I was quite impressed with Brentford today. I thought Brentford were were impressive, um, and and showed they, a lot of their players are not necessarily what you'd call named. I know no. they've got Andre Gray, who was making waves in the lower leagues, and a lot of our people said we should take a look at him, and he showed why there was a bit of hype about him but apart from him there wasn't many in their team obviously Tony Craig at the back looking like the uh, best centre back on the pitch for me. <laughs> um, and he's been bombed out of Millwall a couple of years ago by Jacket so they don't really have named players in their team but they played some really good football at times they certainly did and they can't have resources that are in excess of ours I mean you know they're a similar sized club um, okay, they're perhaps having a bit of a surge at the moment, but the quality of their play today, the way that every time they came forward, they looked dangerous. Particularly the the um, the striker was it Andre Gray? The, um, he, I thought every time he got the ball, he looked like he knew what to do with it. And yeah. coming down the wings, they just looked they just looked sharper and more with it than 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 we do. I think the other player that impressed me was uh, not that I want to praise opposition teams. It's no. not Millwall, but um, I, I can't pronounce his name. I apologise, but Diakaguru or something. I know who you mean. <laughs> yeah, lanky black guy, blue boots. Uh, yeah, can't understand what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, he was good as well. He looked like quite a big kind of bullion player, but had a touch about him as well. And, uh, seemed really mobile as well. Seemed to be all over the pitch. So yeah, there's a couple of them that I was impressed with. Um, 
shame that they weren't our players, really. Because here's, here's the thing for me, and I, I don't know what you're going to make of this, Stu's, but I mean, Holloway has, has come to us with the, the purpose, as someone put it in the week, of educating our crowd. And I, I know it's a bit of a, a loaded term, but we'll use it without the side that, that might come with that. But he's come here to educate our crowd into the ways of the modern game, which involves passing and you know uh, control on the ball. Um, and that's all fine and dandy stuff but today Brentford played that kind of style and you know they weren't route one were they they weren't lumping it forwards they were moving the ball with pace and zip to players who seemed to be able to control the ball and it struck me about halfway through the first half that actually they're playing the kind of football that we keep getting told that we're building towards or that we're trying to develop and yet they seem to have achieved it I don't know if they've been doing it for longer. I don't know, but it just it just struck me that this is what we aspire to, isn't it? This, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be what Brentford did today. I find this baffling. This idea that Holloway is educating us. The only thing he's educating me in is uh, how not to play football in a given situation. Because I turned to my dad today and said that the only time we started playing that kind of passing football was in in injury time. <laughs> and actually what we needed to do was lump it into the box and we was tapping it around like uh, across the middle and stuff like that. Yeah. The rest of the game, I, I lost count of the amount of diagonal balls from the back that kind of floated out for throw-ons, goal kicks, into the keeper's arms. I, I couldn't keep up with it. Um, I was genuinely frustrated today with the way we played. Uh, and a lot of the time, I have to say, it just washes over me because... I think we've said it before, when you're the kind of person who's going to be there week in, week out, you've got a season ticket. Um, sometimes it's hard to get passionate about <laughs> defeat, but today really, really annoyed me in terms of the way we played, I've got to say. We, we're becoming very predictable, <clears throat> and something that I mentioned in the live piece that I did earlier on, This, and you touched on it there, this this kind of endless reliance on the long diagonal ball. I mean, I think used sparingly that's a powerful weapon and we you know if we can find the likes of Lee Martin in space or Martin Morford who didn't start today but you know leave that to one side it's a useful powerful tool but we seem to just rely on it all the time a number of times we conceded possession back to to Brentford uh, you know you're right I, I just lost count I'm I'm actually amazed I'm just looking at the BBC report here and and it's got us at 50 percent 50 percent Possession wise, and I, I find that quite strange because I thought we just gave the ball back to them endlessly. Um, maybe it's yeah. just the emotional reaction in the moment or something. I don't know. I think, I think again, <clears throat> possession stats can can be skewed. That suggests it was an even game. I would say we probably evened up the possession <clears throat> stats in in the two periods we had. So after, well, when we scored the two goals, and then after they got the third, we we did have a bit more uh, attacking going on. Um, and did seem to be on the ball a bit more. So, yeah, I think statistics lie sometimes. Don't yeah, true, true. I mean, I thought they, they, they took a deserved lead. I, I mean, it, it was building, um, just trying to think back, it was um, about kind of the last 10 minutes, I think, of the first half when they scored, and <clears throat> it struck me that they were building to, you know, the pressure was being ramped up on us, and we were giving the ball back to them each time, and we did win it back. And yeah. you just got a sense for that opening goal that was coming. Um and I must admit, at 2-0 down, um, I, I really didn't think we had a, had a hope in the hill. Um, the introduction of, of Scott McDonald seemed to turn it a little bit. Or, or the, um, I turn it, actually, just to drop that point, there was, there's a point made on, on House of Fun, I think Gaza made the point, the, the true turning point of the game was when I think Gray was going to be substituted, and I think there was a hesitation on the bench. I, I didn't see this in, in real time, but... He was going to come off and then didn't, and then stayed on the pitch. And he made an error that I think gave away the ball for that second goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But um, the thing you're right about McDonald's, but that's the other thing about the inconsistency. We uh, There's been many games where we've made subs that have had an impact, but they're always different players. So I, I wasn't actually there on Tuesday, I've got to say. I mm. uh, booked to go and see something called Les Miserables, which I thought was a northern... <laughs> gritty kind of boy chubby brown comedy expert and it turns out it was a musical so uh, again not going to help my credentials on here but um, yeah, it wasn't there Tuesday but I was told that the game turned when Maguire Gare come on um, and he got the start today which suggests that Holloway thought he did something on Tuesday as well but then today it was McDonald who's been dropped for him and he's been quite consistent throughout the year so yeah we've had these impact subs come on but it, because we're always chasing a game, to be honest, we're always 2-0 down before we start playing. Well, that, yeah, I mean, I think the middle crowd were like miserables when we were 2-0 down for sure. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, you know, I wish I could get it because I think that, um, you know, the, the team that um, kind of hauled themselves back into in, into contention on Tuesday night, which was an immense effort, I mean, it has to be said. There is spirit, there is character in this group of players. That, that's, that's for sure. I mean, they, today we came back from 2-0 down. It takes a, a big-hearted team to do that. But then, you know, to punish McDonald, it feels like a punishment for him to be dropped from midweek to today, um, belies the kind of the cohesion of the group, doesn't it? You know, you, you can't rely on the on, on the on the kind of sanity of your manager. I've always got this idea that Ian Holloway's like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, you know, the rambling in in his office down at Calmont Road. Um it makes no sense. And if it made some sense, I think we might have half a chance of, of, of accepting it. But this is this is you know this kind of there's a there's a whole theme on on the half at the moment should he be sectioned I do wonder whether he should be sectioned at times because it's lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, my dad said today, "Boy, he looks well wrapped up for the weather." And I said, "Yeah, he's got his hat, his coat, his uh, straight jacket." <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he's he's, he's he's always been eccentric, hasn't he? But uh, I guess it's not until he's at your club that you see that the kind of madness spreads to the team selection as well. I was actually, the other thing I was thinking today was it would be good, I know that uh, there's better people out there to do this, probably Gazeron Hoff would uh, be the man to look at, but if there could be some stats of where he's been successful, so when he took Blackpool up, yeah. how many players did he use, how often did he change the team there? It's uh, It'd be interesting to know if this is how he is at other clubs. I mean, Holloway's quoted talking to Alex Aldridge after the game, and I, <clears throat> I love this quote. He says, we missed McDonald today. Like he, <laughs> like he just didn't appear. We missed McDonald today. Well, you dropped him, mate. <laughs> and I wanted to give him a rest. Did you? <laughs> OK. <laughs> but boy, oh boy, did I rue that decision. Boy, oh boy, did I rue that decision. <laughs> and this is the other thing with Holloway recently. He's talking more and more about his own mistakes and what he's done wrong. <laughs> Midweek, it was about losing it and lobbing the ball at Briggs and kicking off with a referee. And uh, today, it's his uh, team selection. And it's all very, it's quite endearing. It's quite nice that somebody will like admit their mistakes, but don't make them in the first place, mate. That's the. Uh, well, at least learn from them. <clears throat> you know, we, we all make mistakes. It's it's impossible not to. And you know. I'm sure if you're managing a group of twenty odd, you know, blokes in a, in a football team, you're going to, you know, occasionally make the odd selection 
um, you know, hail like that's that's that goes with the turf. But yeah. I, I, it's just the way it's put. It's almost in the not quite in the third person, but it's like some something else has come into play here. You know, like a bit other than him, maybe the voice in his head or something. We missed Mon- we missed McDonald today. <laughs> you bleed him or dropped him, you jerk. You know, Probably I don't need a twin or something, doesn't he? Maybe he does. The scarecrow standing <laughs> in a field in the West Country or something. But um, something else someone's put on Hoff is where are the kids gone as well? And yeah, yeah, I saw that. We're chopping and changing the team around. We're giving people a run out. And the one thing Holloway said was he wanted to kind of rely on youth as well. And, and people have come in, uh, Fred, Jack Powell, um, I know Sid Nelson. Oh, yeah. yeah. But O'Brien's been really good as well when he's come in. And, yeah, they seem to have just uh, faded into the background again. I wonder if Holloway is a bit worried about uh, kind of moving towards relegation and thinks he's got to stick with the old pros. But Well, certainly sticking with the old pros is, is, is surely taking us in that direction. I mean, Chaplow um, was picked today, and I, I was actually thinking to myself and during the second half, I've never actually seen Chaplow play well. Everyone is one of these people that... You know, you always think, oh yeah, he, you know, he, he's a good player, he's got something. But I've not actually seen any evidence yet since he's arrived at our club. I've never seen anything other than a kind of a beige display from him. It's always barely okay, and today was barely okay. But you, I can't believe that someone like Jack Powell could not have at least started the game. And you know, okay, perhaps you wouldn't use him for the full ninety. But you, you know, the, the, the players with the X factor, like Powell, like like Fred, um, like Aidan O'Brien, they've they've all got quality. Mm. And they're getting picked, and and we're picking old old lags, aren't we? You know, um, Chaplow I struggle with. I, I I don't really see what he brings to our side. I don't. And Renegi came on in, during the second half. Um, I know he's on loan. Renegi, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about. I said they they thought he had a good game. I I didn't see it. I I was, it was awful. It was awful. I mean, exit out to him at one point. I think it was uh, in injury time. He, the ball just dropped for him on well about seven, eight, nine, maybe ten yards out. And uh, he had a defender on his back, but he turned and it dropped perfectly for him and he ballooned it over the bar. And th- that was it. That was indicative for me. But as soon as he came on, he was strolling around. There was no urgency. No, no, no. no. It, it's, 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 it is lunatic. I mean, we've got, you know, the, the other player that springs to mind is Angel Martinez, who um, apparently we've signed him. We've never slapped eyes on him. <laughs> A midfielder, apparently. I, I couldn't tell you anything more about him than that. I think he served me a burger today, actually. (laughs) I've got another quote here for you, Stu. Holloway speaking to Alex again. He says, are we too open? Yeah. Do we concede too easily? Yeah. But we could have won that 4-3. It could have gone either way. What the fuck? I mean, what what is this? This bloke's in charge of, uh, you know. I know our budget's not huge. It's not uh, you couldn't call it multi-million pound um, budget, but it's 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 you know, he's in charge of spending. Yeah, he's <laughs> not doing himself any favours, is he? He's, uh, and I think our conversation, like it's been a while since I've done this podcast, but yeah. you and I are normally quite, uh, you know, uh, reserved about it. I don't think we've uh, had a conversation like this where we're actually starting to question him and starting to talk about how he has lost it. And no, no, I mean, you know, obviously there's always voices online, what I call the extreme voices that lurch from you know one defeat and we're you know we're doomed and one win and we're going to be promoted as champions and one defeat and they want the manager saying I, I, I don't believe in that but and I actually do want to believe in Ian Holloway I want I want him to succeed because I kind of I kind of quite like him but he just does these these um, madhouse things at times 
Um, mm. And there are, there's some very real flaws in, in our side now, and I think they're becoming apparent as the season wears on, game by game, and now we're coming into the difficult... You know, the, the pitch looked quite heavy to me today. The, the, um, the strip over near where I sit in the West End, it was still very heavy from, from the Tuesday night's downpour. And yeah. these are games where you really do start to find out your, you know, your, your weak links. In fact, I wonder really. I mean, chap, going back to Chapler, why um, Jimmy Abdu didn't start because he may not give you the quality on the ball, but he will give you the industrial kind of engine that that never stops. And it was a day for for clogging rather than for um, you know, for the uh, the, the, the surgeon's scalpel today. Well, as you know, I've always defended Jimmy and his uh, footballing and passing skills. I <laughs> I have uh, Jimmy all the time over Chapley. I think the other thing about today's team was not only did he switch it up, not only were there players out there that didn't really make sense like Chapley, but again, the positioning of them. Mm. Why, why was Gregory starting out left and when we've got Maguire Gare coming in uh, and Maguire Gare went into the, the kind of midfield free that Holloway likes to play, which isn't really his position unless he's sitting behind uh, front two. We had three up front with Martin on the wing as well, so it's it's bizarre. I I don't get it. And Chaplow was the the ultimate for me. I uh, I just dread seeing his name on the team sheet. I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's uh, you know it's it's a strange squad in some ways. I look at each of them individually. I think well you know okay they're not bad players. Matthew Briggs was getting some awful stick from around me up in the West End today, and I do think there's a there's a bit of um I mentioned it earlier on in my live bit. There's a bit of a tendency to use him now as the scapegoat. Millwall fans love a scapegoat and Matthew Briggs yeah. seems to be falling into that trap you know I don't think he's that bad a player I, I, um, Holloway's much vaunted as a coach and, a, and as a you know as a teacher of players and all this kind of stuff but I think Briggs well coached could be a very useful attacking left-sided defender stroke midfielder a bit like Scott Maloney's already um uh, Gregory, no. I mean, again, I, I see a lot of potential in Lee Gregory, um, but he's he's been played out wide today, and that made no sense either. But there we are. Um, as as this poster here, nineteen eighty, Wall put it on 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 House of Fun. Um, their central midfield ran the game, and they had a, a sharp mobile forward, which is what we we lacked. I mean, our, our midfield didn't really compete in, in in the same way, and and up front we just don't have the same bite, do we? I had to take issue with a few youngsters when I was walking out the ground. They they must have. Only been like uh, I don't know 12 or 13 but they were slagging off Gregory something rotten and uh, saying we need to get rid of him he did nothing oh, yeah. <laughs> get rid of him <laughs> I, I quickly pointed out that uh, I actually think he got our goal so it might have gone in off his ass. but uh, yeah. from where I was sitting and we were right behind the goal he got the goal um, it wasn't shitties. Um He also hit the bar. And again, he's making some really good runs. That If you watch him, he, he makes some good runs and the rest of the team just don't seem to pick him out. Um, so I think he's quite mobile, probably not quite as quick as Andre Gray or, no, or no. quite pacey. But yeah, um, he does seem to move well, I think, Gregory. And I think there's a, a lot to come from him if we can put a decent team around him. Today's, I mean, the, the crowd was a good crowd today, 13,000 crowd down, both bolstered by a good away turnout for the, at the Brentford end, but that was a decent, um, you know, almost double what I saw on Tuesday night. Um, and uh, the thing that always strikes me, Stu, is that once you, you've got to give the Millwall crowd the, the drama and the, and, the, and the kind of mayhem, haven't you? you bring the crowd into play, and, and you don't really do it with the kind of insipid football that Holloway seems to um, create, but bring the Millwall crowd into it, and suddenly the two goal leads can be, you know, pulled back, and suddenly miracles can happen in front of your eyes. 
but we just don't seem to play a style of football that generates excitement in the crowd. And I think that's a, a major, major criticism of, of Ian Holloway and what he's trying to do at the moment. And that's the thing, isn't it? It was a shame we didn't go on today because the crowd did finally get into the game when we got the two goals back. But that's the whole point. You can't... Uh, my nephew actually said to me today, he was like, can we start games 2-0 down? Because it might actually work for us. Uh, it gets the, the crowd going in adversity kind of thing. But if we went out there and played like we do at 2-0 down, the crowd would get into it anyway. And uh, it can only have a positive effect. But yeah, this, if, this is going to be the cycle of shit terrible first half go a couple of goals down and then come back well uh, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a few art attacks I think in the stands this season as Holloway said earlier on we're going two steps forward and three back at the moment <laughs> he's like uh, it's true <laughs> isn't he no. <laughs> now of course in the midweek he was sent off um, he, he lost his cool he, despite calling on everyone else to, to keep their cool against Blackburn and Holloway actually lost his head and um, was, was sent off which is, and I, I don't say that as a criticism I think Mill was probably the one club in the country where being sent off is not seen as necessarily a bad thing it was almost no. a, a boost to your, to your, to your credentials um, but it followed the, the, the sending off of of, of Wilkinson um, for the for a tackle that was later shown to be much much more 50-50 than I thought in real time I thought he'd, he'd gone in over the top of the ball and probably deserved the red card in, in the moment that I saw it but um, afterwards Holloway's called for video technology to be brought in to, to judge these kinds of situations and I, I find that quite an interesting subject generally I don't know what your stance on it is Stu's I'm I find it's a bit like the debate over hanging. Um, in, emotionally, in the moment, you think, yeah, that's that's the answer. And then the more you look at it, the more it falls apart in front of your very eyes. I think they should bring back hanging for referees when they send off Mills there. That might, might be the answer. Uh, Capital punishment for referees. A strange uh, analogy, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I know where you're coming from. It is the kind of thing, yeah, that it's easy to say, yeah, let's do it. But. Um, I was always for it. I was always for goal line technology, and I think, well, it's, it's been used rarely from what I can see, but that's the whole point. All the arguments about, oh, it'll slow up the game and it will uh, make it really stop-start are not, not really feasible. But to bring it in for everything, I think that would be too much. I, that is football, isn't it? And uh, that is what creates a lot of the tension and drama is the fact that things are going to go wrong. But uh, again, I would say that Holloway maybe is uh, covering the fact that we had a bit of a shit performance on Tuesday. And we certainly did for, that. For at least 50% of the game. So uh, the sendings off and the reaction and stuff like that has kind of covered all that up, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the thing is with video technology, I mean, it's used quite, you know, it's quite a lot in, in other sports. Um, usually, probably more stop-start sports than, than football is in, in, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of American football and, and rugby union and league and also in, in cricket and I know baseball, they use it. It does delay the game. Someone said to me today, "No, no more of a delay than what actually happened in the in the ensuing kind of fracas, and you know, people getting dragged away, and there was a kind of a general suspension of play. Whilst um, I suppose a video referee could have looked at that that incident. Personally, I think it's at its best um, where you're, you're kind of um, trying to judge issues of fact, and by that I mean if the ball crossed the line, did the foot go out of bounds, did the ball land you know, in tennis on the line or beyond it, where there's no, there's no kind of real dispute. I think where it gets very difficult, and, and this is why I mention it, because 
uh, that was actually a judgment called by the referee. There's there's a judgment of intent. There's a judgment of what lies behind that challenge, and the red card I think came out also because of the you know intervention of the Blackburn bench. But I think video technology is 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 very hard to use where there's a, a judgment issue, because that's, yeah. you're second guessing a referee in the moment. Then, and I'm not sure where that takes you as a as a kind of a, a structure of a sport, if you know what I mean. And you're right, it's judgment, isn't it? For tackles and bad tackles, there's no right or wrong necessarily. Some some people are going to see a, a bad tackle as a red card offence, others will see it as a booking. Um, and yeah, I think it is just too dangerous. As you say, goal line is a statement of fact, so mm. that, I'd say. So, Bertram was also um, charged by the FA in the aftermath of the, uh, the scuffle, and I think... Um, Ian Holloway had to issue a fairly cringing apology on, on, on the official site and said how he's you know embarrassed himself and embarrassed his wife. I don't know where she got involved. She was in the middle of it all. I don't know, but um, it was a very odd odd statement. Um, and also the the red card was not overturned by the FA, so it, that was quite a costly evening in its way because I, I think we missed Wilkinson today. Uh, yeah. I think teams do target sadly now Alan Dunn on, on especially when he's being played in the the kind of right back position. They do target him because. Clearly, he lacks pace and he lacks that kind of defensive uh, quality which Wilkinson brought to our side. So, yeah, that was a loss. That was a loss. But there we are. Um, one other bit of news I thought we just mentioned whilst we whilst we're here, Stu, is that we're going to have been drawn against West Ham in the Under Twenty One Premier League Cup. I don't, <laughs> know, if, I don't know if you saw that um, report. It was on it was on the um, news at Den and on the official site. But we we're going to be playing in the Under Twenty One. I didn't even know this competition existed. The Under Twenty One Premier League Cup. And um, it's a 7pm game on a Monday night in Upton Park. Um, me all over, says Sid Nelson, who's another player that might, we might have seen today, the, the central defender. Yeah. Um, interesting interesting fixture. Obviously, the first time we've played West Ham since that night in 2009, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think uh, um, we've got history in the Youth Cups as well, isn't it? Yeah. Aston Villa away a few seasons. Yes, that's uh, right. It's not like these games do go unnoticed and, and without people turning up. So, yeah, there's potential for uh, well, uh, se- a bit of excitement. 7pm <laughs> kickoff. I mean, the I mean the, the, the 2009 showdown was a, obviously that was a 7.45 kickoff, but 7 o'clock does give you a couple of hours drinking time after work, doesn't it, to kind of um, tank yourself up, ready for it. I don't know what kind of... It's nine hours if the pub's open at eleven. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think after nine hours, I'd be—I wouldn't care where I was. I might not find, find myself anywhere in London, not, not necessarily at Upton Park. But I wonder what kind of police presence there'll be there. I mean, it is actually quite a high-profile situation, in all seriousness. Yeah, yeah. no, it is, and uh, yeah, I'm making light of it, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what does happen. Because again, it's—it it will probably be the uh, one of the few teams who could make it into the press for. Trouble at an under under twenty one game. So very true. Well, there we are. That's that's the show. I should also mention we didn't mention it in last week's show. The uh, au revoir to to Justin Hoyt, who's been made available for transfer. Surprisingly, no one snapped him up yet. Stu's I mean, a player of, player of Hoyt's quality. You'd thought would be um, in in some demand, but seemingly Absolutely, not. Yeah. Well, I think you know, uh, there's there's not many world class right backs like him who are you know available. So. Yeah, it was a surprise that he was here as long as he was. Now next um, week, next week is um, uh, international break, of course. So um, I'm, I'm guessing that you're, you've got a bit of light, light musical, like a West End musical of some sort to go to now, Stu. What are you uh, doing no, next week instead, yeah, mate? I'm being completely. 
boring at the moment. My life revolves around actually training for a fight, a kickboxing match at the end okay. of the month. Okay. I, I never go out. I'm uh, living like a monk, basically. So no drinking, not eating enough. It's it's awful. It's terrible, my life. Uh, <laughs> this is about the most interesting thing that's happened to me in uh, months, really. So, yeah. <laughs> Some really dour note to end the show on, isn't it? Well, I'm off to see Memphis starring Alexandra Burke. So just to continue the kind of um, you know the light the light uh, music musical theme. So um, perhaps next next show I'll give a bit of a rundown on on that show because it's supposed to be quite good. So um, yes, it's going to be a, a blank weekend next week. Really, isn't no football. But there we are. Take the heat off me with the uh, musical attendance. <laughs> That's the show. Big thank you to Stu's for, for coming in after today's fairly miserable turnout in the end. But um, that's Achtung Millwall. We'll see you soon. Thanks, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.